0: Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Poet's Corner, an appendage to a series of books written under the banner In Defense of Christianity. This segment is from Edmund Spencer's The Fairy Queen, Book 1, Canto 11, Part 3, Episode 35. Podcast 191, is entitled, The Well of Living Water.
1: In last week's episode, we see a close-up of the fiery dragon. His eyes burn like fire. His scales are like steel and could not be pierced with ordinary weapons. His tail was over three football fields long. His wide wings were like the sails of a ship. Badly wounded, the dragon cries in anguish. Fire shot from his mouth deep from the furnace of his vast belly. The Red Cross Knight was astonished at the fierceness of the dragon's cries. The heat was so intense, however, that it singed even the Red Cross Knight's face and even burned his body through his armor. He could not endure such pain and considered taking off his armor and his helmet. This, of course, represents the torment of hell, which is compared to a lake of fire and brimstone.
0: Then full of grace and anguish vehement, He loudly brayed, that like was never heard, and from his wide devouring oven sent a flake of fire, that flashing in his beard, him all amazed, and almost made afeard. The scorching flame sore swinged all his face, and through his armor all his body seared that he could not endure so cruel case, but thought his arms to leave and helmet to unlace.
1: His armor burned like the poisoned garment of Hercules that burned the flesh from his body. The Red Cross knight felt the sorrows of ten thousand such sufferings from his fiery steel which before protected him, but now caused him tremendous harm.
0: Not that with great champions of the antique world whose famous poets verse so much doth vaunt, and hath for twelve huge labors high extolled so many furies, and sharp fits did daunt, When him the poisoned garment did enchant, And centaur's blood and bloody verse charmed. As did this night twelve thousand Dolores daunt, Whose fiery steel now burnt, That erst him armed, that erst him good armed, Now most of all him harmed.
1: The Red Cross Knight was tired and sore, And embroiled in grief from heat toil, wounds, and fire such that no mother man had felt. He felt he would be better off dead, but death never comes when needed, though he often desired it. He was disheartened just by looking at the dragon. The dragon decided to end the battle and grant him not one more breath. With a mighty stroke he knocked the Red Cross Knight to the ground.
0: Faint, wearied, sore, emboiled, grieved, bent, with heat, toil, wounds, arms, smart, and inward fire, that never man such mischiefs did torment. Death better were, death did he oft desire, but death will never come when needs require. Whom so dismayed when that his foe beheld he cast to suffer him no more respire, began his sturdy stern about to weld, and him so strongly stroke. That to the ground him felled.
1: Fortunately, unknowingly to the knight, behind where he stood was a gushing well that from ancient times rushed forth a silver flood, full of great virtues and effective medicine. The knight discovered it before the cursed dragon defiled it with the blood of innocent souls. It was nothing less than the well of life which the Red Cross knight in his anguish had forgotten. It is, of course, none other than that which is offered by Christ himself, when at the well he offered living waters to the woman of Samaria, as we read in John 4.
0: There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, seekest Drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with and the well is deep. From whence, then, hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life.
1: Spencer is teaching us that without Christ, it is impossible to fight the dragon. As Paul said,
0: For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places.
1: Spencer also points out that we should never forget the virtues, for only in virtue can we have the power to fight evil. He alludes to Revelation 22, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. The Red Cross Knight was in such agony that he had forgotten to call upon Christ.
0: If fortuned, as fair it then befell, behind his back unweeding, where he stood, of ancient time there was a springing well, from which fast trickled forth a silver flood, full of good virtues, and for medicine good. Why, loam before that cursed dragon got the happy land, and all with innocent blood defiled those sacred waves, it rightly hot, the well of life, ni yet, his virtues had forgot.
1: The living waters could restore life to the dead and remove guilt from awful sin. It was a reminder to the Red Cross Knight of what he had experienced in the house of holiness. The wellspring of life could cure any sickness and renew any body. Spencer compares it to the healing power of Siloam, spoken of in John 9.1.
0: And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me, while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and he said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way therefore, and washed, and came seeing.
1: Spencer also compares the healing powers of Jordan, where Naaman was healed of leprosy by bathing seven times at the instructions of the prophet Elisha. He refers to other healing waters in ancient and modern times. The wounded knight fell backward into the enchanted waters.
0: For unto life the dead it could restore, and guilt of sinful crimes cleanse, wash away. Those that with sickness were infected sore it could recure and aged-long decay renew, as one were born that very day. Both Shiloh this and Jordan did excel, and the English bath and eke the German spa. Ne did Cephas nor Hebrus match this well. Into the same the night back overthrown fell.
1: The hot sun rises high in the sky, and then begins to fall in the west. The dragon called that infernal monster having knocked the red cross knight into the well advanced with broad-blooded breast. he clapped his wings in premature victory thinking to have killed the defeated knight
0: now gan the golden phoebus for to steep his fairy face in billows of the west and his faint steeds watered in ocean deep while from their journals labor they did rest when that infernal monster having geased his weary foe into the living well, can high advance his broad discolored breast above his wanton pitch. With countenance fell and clapped his yarn wings as victor he did dwell.
1: Meanwhile, Una had been watching the battle from far away. Her soul sank in sorrow when she saw her knight fall. She thought it was the end of the war. She assumed that her beloved knight was dead and her poor parents still imprisoned in the castle. She began to pray to God, whom she felt had abandoned her. She folds her hands and bends her knees, and all night she watched and prayed, never resting her head, lamenting all the while.
0: Which when his pensive lady saw from far great woe and sorrow did her soul assay, as weaning that the sad end of the war and gan to highest God entirely pray that feared chance from her to turn away. With folded hands and knees full lowly bent all night she watched, knee once downed would lay her dainty limbs in her sad dreariment, But praying still did wake, and waking did lament.
1: Dawn came early. The moon rose to rise its daily rays. However, before the sun even came up, Up rose Una and looked all about to see if she could see her beloved knight. She feared the worst after seeing him fall before the dragon. All of the characters in epic poem are symbols of good and evil. The dragon, of course, is Satan, the father of lies. The Red Cross Knight represents holiness, and this is the story of how he came to be St. George, who fought the fiery dragon. Una represents oneness. She is steadfast faithful, wise, watchful, and unyielding. If you remember, even the heavenly virtues in the House of Holiness paid deference to Una. For her sake, they accepted the Red Cross Knight. At Una's request, they taught the knight about the virtues, causing him to great remorse as he remembered his former sins. Only after going through the House of Holiness was the Red Cross Knight, who himself now stood for holiness, was able to even fight the great dragon.
0: The morrow next gan early to appear, that titan rose to run his daily race. But early ere the morrow next gan rear out of the sea fairy titan's dewy face, up rose the gentle virgin from her place and looked all about if she might spy her loved knight to move his manly pace, for she had great doubt of his safety. Since late, she saw him fall before his enemy.
1: Finally, to her joy, she saw the Red Cross Knight come up out of the well of life, fully restored. He was reborn and once again ready to battle the dragon. The symbolism is clear. Through the healing powers of Christ, the Knight, battle-scarred and near death, had a kind of resurrection in which he was spiritually reborn. To Spencer, the Red Cross Knight represents all of us who are subjected to the trials of life. No matter how bad it gets, we have hope in Christ. Keep in mind the journey the Red Cross Knight had to go through just to reach this point. The first dragon nearly killed the Red Cross Knight because of his pride and inexperience. The Red Cross Knight jumped into the dragon's lair when he should have run as Una told him to. Then he was deceived by the magician Archimago and then enamored by the seductive duessa, causing him to dwell in the house of pride. Weakened by sin, he was finally imprisoned and starved by the giant Orgoglio. Freed from the dungeon by Prince Arthur, the Red Cross Knight was taken to the house of holiness by Una, where he repented of his sins through much suffering, and where he was taught the virtues of Christ, particularly the three heavenly virtues, faith, hope, and charity. When he faced the final battle. The Red Cross Knight was worthy, but still his suffering was greater than any he had faced before. In fact, he thought it was ten thousand times worse than any other man had suffered. He wanted to die. However, supported by the prayers of the ever-faithful Una, who has always been his champion, he is again rescued by the power of Christ, who gave him freely of the living waters. Only now is he strong enough to fight the dragon. He had to learn over and over that only by calling upon Christ could he win the war against Satan. Spencer is also comparing the Red Cross Knight, who becomes St. George, to Michael the Archangel, who led the war against Satan in heaven and will, at the end of the world, once again lead the final battle against Satan.
0: At last she saw where he upstarted brave out of the well, wherein he drenched lay as eagle-fresh out of the ocean wave, where he hath left his plumes all hoary gray, and decked himself with feathers youthfully gay. Like eyes hocked up mounts unto the skies his newly budded pinions did assay, and marvels at himself, still as he flies, so new this newborn knight to battle new did rise.
1: The wicked dragon, whom Spencer calls, The damned fiend is astonished to see the Red Cross Knight still alive and fresh for a new battle. He was so surprised that he thought it must be another knight who had taken his place. The last time he saw the Red Cross Knight, the knight was burning with fire and wanted to take off his scorching armor. This new knight has a bright sword which had been burnished with the holy water. With the bright sword the red Cross knight brought it down on the dragon's head so hard that it split the dragon's skull and knocked the dragon senseless.
0: Whom when the damned fiend so fresh did spy, no wonder if he wondered at the sight and doubted whether his late enemy it were, or other new supplied knight. He now, to prove his late renewed might, high-brandishing his bright dew-burning blade Upon his crested scalp so sore did smite that to the skull a yawning wound did make. The deadly dint his dulled senses all
1: dismayed. Please join us next week as we watch the Red Cross Knight continue the bloody battle with the fiery dragon.